Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl, and uh, tonight we I have who do I have? I got three of you. Yep. I have uh, I have Scott. Now you're just enabling. Hey. I'm an enabler. Hello. And I have Todd. Hello. And uh, we haven't got any news. We're just going to dive straight into it. So I was uh, I was reading on one of the Volunteer Firefighter pages on Facebook there, and uh, normally this page is just it's a bit of a joke. There's not really much that really goes on there. So a lot of people just kind of making stupid comments about lights. But this post was actually something legitimate. About lights? Yeah. They're like always lights talking in the about... sky? No. No. <laughs> like POV lights. No. POV lights. Always talking about POV lights. Always. <laughs> it's the kind of page you go to if you want to have a conversation about smooth bore or combos. Like, it's mm-hmm. that kind of a thing, right? All right. Everybody has their opinion. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's oh, dumb. Yeah. But sometimes there are things that come out of it, which this one did. And there was a guy who was talking about his live fire training. And he would mention, he had mentioned that this, he was in the burn building. This is the second time that he had been in there. And uh, he had to come out because he was panicked. He could not go through with it. And the question to everyone in the group was, um, am I just not, like, I really want to be a firefighter, but am I just not cut out for internal? Right. And then the conversation starts. So, you know, there's people obviously that are going to jump on the bandwagon and just be like, nope, you're not out. And then there's others where it looked at it a little bit different in the sense of, well, what kind of a department are you? Do you have enough people? Are they hurting for people? Maybe if they are hurting for people, you could just be an external guy. There's still a job for everyone. Maybe you just learn how to pump the shit out of that truck and know what, how to control that. Do you know right. what I mean? Like that kind of side of things. What other things can you do? And then there's the side of, well, what if the day comes where you're the one in the back of the truck and you need to go inside, now you're more of a hindrance than a help to the guys that are going in, including the patients that may already be in there. So I want to talk a little bit about how, what we do, what we've done with live fire practices. Obviously, we're very lucky that we have our containers. We've got our training ground. Mm -hmm. We do this all winter. As soon as we're allowed to burn again, those buildings are lit up and we're having fun out there every Thursday. It's a really, it, we're very lucky to have what we have. Oh, for sure, yeah. And so all of our guys are extremely well-versed in going inside in hot conditions, pitch black. Yes, we know the layout of the buildings. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Apart from obviously our confusing um, labyrinth that we then build in our search building, which we smoke out. We don't set it on fire, but we definitely smoke out. So, again, I want to talk a little bit about inoculation, the importance of those things, and the things that we do, even on truck, as we're coming in, breathing techniques, those sorts of things. So, I think even just to back to that person's comment there, like, you know, we don't know, we're just reading the comments, what kind of training he had to preamble him going mm-hmm. into those live fire events. You know, it could not be much of a preload into, hey, this is how we're doing it. This is now, you know, going through the steps. Yeah. Whereas, we will talk about here is, 
you know, that inoculation and building up and talking your way through, mm-hmm. preparing yourself to go in, especially when you're brand new and you're breaking into the skill because it is new. It's mm-hmm. hot. It's dark. You're breathing heavy. So, it, was he in a um, was he in a burn building or was he in a, an acquired structure? He's in a burn building. Right. Yeah, because he talks about containers and then. Oh. And again, I think you, you you're right, Todd, because I think a lot of this and a lot of what we do as a group, especially with our new guys. We do that inoculation, and we've showed it a little bit in our um, in our uh, thermal level video. You can That's see it. we have a group mm-hmm. in the burn building. One of the very first things we do, and we've actually done it with the wives too, had them in there. We start that burn building up. We've got that pedestal fire, which we start a little bit higher, and then mm-hmm. we have that kind of thing go through of, okay, well, here's what the gear does to you. Take your take your glove off. Touch your helmet. So maybe let's talk a little bit about that as well. About that pre- yeah, we do a, pre- we do a full cold start, so we... You know, we, uh, for the rookies, it's on their fourth or fifth night. So after they, we've taught them uh, PPE, we've taught them uh, how to capture hydrant, how to use a hose a little bit, um, and then we go to the burn building. And literally the first time of the burn building, it is a crawl phase of the burn building. It's, there's no, nothing to it. That We bring them in, totally, like, no fire yet, we bring them in, walk them through, mm-hmm. show them the, um, <clears throat> the safe exits. Talk about that. Um, basically, how because we got basically two can't see can side by each, and if you step into the other one, like if you step into the one that's not on fire, um, it's usually perfectly. It's first of all, it's clear in there usually, and it's mm-hmm. super like it's not hot at all. Yeah, it just you know, the, so city cans get hot, but they don't get that hot. And like, sorry, they get hot when you're inside them, but outside, you know, if there's another sea can, that barrier really, 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 yeah, yeah. it's warm, but it's not you know killer heat. Um, so we talk about safe exits. We talk about the safety guy in the back. So what way we set up, we have an instructor in the front um, near the fire, and we have a safety person in the back. And the hose line runs down the center of the mall, and we just tell them if you need to get out, you reach for the hose line, start calling out, and the safety person will pick you up and get out. So we preload them with all that, and then we start. We make sure they're all sealed up, everything. We sit down, kneel, uh, in kind of like a horseshoe pattern. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's kind of near the walls. Uh, and kind of like, yeah, I guess it's like a horseshoe. And then uh, we go through it. We start the fire. Sorry, we make sure everybody's uh, everybody's CBAs are working. We start the fire, and usually I do uh, like I start it and I pull the torch away, and then we watch the fire die. And then we discuss you know, the fire triangle. Now, if I just remove the heat, what, what just happened? And then uh, we go from there. And eventually, we just you know we let it go. It starts starts cooking in there and. We, we basically just sit there and we watch it. And that's that's really the first night is just, we're just going to sit. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch. You're going to feel the heat, but you're not, there's nothing strenuous about this. Everybody's just going to calm it like everybody's going to, you're just going to sit, you're going to rely on your breathing, you're going to listen to yourself breathe. Um, like you said, I, you know, I get them to take their glove off. Um, actually, get, first of all, I get them to stand up um, and reach for as high as they can because at that point, you know, the thermal layer is almost at the ceiling. So they can feel it where the thermal air is. We all kneel back down. We talk for a bit. We watch the fire grow. Discuss, you know, the different phases of the fire. Get them to stand up again. Well, now the thermal air is much lower. So now I'm like, okay, now touch the top of your helmet. Now your helmet's really hot. Okay, take the glove off again. Touch that. Go back down. And, yeah, it's a building that... So it's we layer everything, but we're layering now. We're layering that inoculation of the fire mm-hmm. until finally it's you know now it's in rollover and starting to roll over our heads. We're watching it roll over our heads. We open the back vent, and then that draws the fire over our heads more. 
sit there and watch that roll for a good few minutes. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, like, we can leave whenever we want. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there and everyone's relaxed. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're brand new, I, I can look around and watch some of the rookies. Yeah, they're, they're you definitely not relaxed. see the eyes are, are quite wide open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not a panic <clears throat> si- yeah. you know, situation. The nice thing with that, what you do is, is because it's such a a slow, it's not like it's a rock and fire right away. Yeah. Like it's a slow build up, like you say. So you have time to sit there calmly, breathe and conversate and mm-hmm. they can ask questions mm-hmm. and build that trust in the gear and feel those layers. Mm-hmm. And then they know, oh no, this is quite nice and cool. It's comfortable down here because as soon as I reach my arm up, holy shit, that's pretty warm. That's I'm, my I'm heat. bring yeah. my arm back down and now I'm comfortable again. Mm-hmm. So it gives them that, that chance to slowly adapt because this is a brand new sensations mm-hmm. for them, right? right? And there's, it's, you think of how we perceive and, and assess things. Like, so you got your sight, your sound, your touch, like it is just, everything's firing for a lot of these new people that have never been in there. So it, it's, uh, it's a very safe, slow way to do it. And then, again, that's the, the first step of that inoculation, right? Mm-hmm. And I think part of it's the importance of having your own burn building because we're not, there's no, we're not feeling rushed at all. Because I know when we used to do, when we, before we had our burn building, we used to go to another place to, to do live fire. And the whole weekend kind of <laughs> felt rushed because, yeah, we had, there was a whole bunch of stuff we had to do to get our live fire ticket. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff to do in a weekend. So, yeah, the cold start, they still did it, but it was, like, super, like, condensed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, they lit the fire, <coughs> we watch it roll, they're, like, making it go faster. <laughs> next thing it's over your head, you're like, oh, crap. And then, okay, it's over, okay, everybody out. Okay, next phase. Now we're going to go into this. Now we're going to go into that. Right. Well, the teams are really rushed when you come out and swap bottles, too, because yeah. you're getting shoved back in, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, like, so <coughs> crammed in. You're like, oh, this is, this is awesome, but it's also, like, pretty intimidating, and am I learning a bunch of stuff? I don't know. By the end of the weekend, you're you're kind of inoculated to it, but you're also like, oh, that's crazy. Uh, okay, and then the next fire, you're like, oh, you're okay, but then you know time goes by. Next fire, now you're now your inoculation start to fade. Mm-hmm. And with going to an outside agency burn building, it's not like we can do that every every month, or every mm-hmm. two months. It's every you know. Um, I was lucky enough to go back a second time because I was a training officer. I went back with our group, but most of our guys at the time they were going. They they got to go to live fire once. And they never went back again. And the only live fire they saw after that was a building on fire. Yeah. Um, now with our burn building, it's like, yeah, the first night, or not the first night, the night when the rookies were in, they get to sit in there, feel the heat, do everything we just talked about, nice and slow. And then literally all I get them to do is everybody just does a pencil. I just mm-hmm. pencil it, pencil, mm-hmm. pencil. And then we open the back door and we do a vent. And we show them what happens when you put a lot of water with a good vent, where the, unless yeah. there's wind. <laughs> but we show them where we're pushing the fire. How we push it out with a vent and mm-hmm. lots of lots of water, and then that's the end of it. We have a nice talk. Everyone's kind of calmed down. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, everybody feels the heat. Everybody cools back down, and then the next week, now we're going to do basic ventilation with uh, PPV because that's what mm-hmm. we do here. So we're going to do it now. We're going to do a, a basic fire attack. Just quick push in, hit the fire, uh, vent, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the next week after that, we do a little bit more. So it's like we, we again we build that. We build that confidence up by going in three or four weeks in a row. I think I just, I keep thinking back to those comments of that firefighter. Like if that was just a live fire course that he's referring to, you know, that they went in there and did it. I don't know, but, uh, you're, you're feeling a lot of pressure, right? And Mm -hmm. you're just, you're getting thrown into it. Like you just mentioned, whereas if you have your own training center, like 
like here, it's so much easier because if you go in as your instructor, you know, you can watch, okay, his eyes are huge. He's uncomfortable. You can pull him out. You can talk about it. You can go back in in the next 30 minutes. You know, you can, you can separate your groups into smaller sections, the people that are struggling a little bit more, make them build that confidence slowly, and then get really comfortable for those next phases of, of uh, attack and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, brings me back to uh, <clears throat> some Facebook comments locally here. Um, one of the local departments was interested in some live fire training. Um, and they're obviously looking for, like, the live fire cert. Like, they want to go in and um, get their cert. Um, but I think Carl made a comment about, like, hey, like, you know you're you're all welcome to come and use ours. Um, and I think the value in that for their members speaks volumes exactly like we're saying here. So instead of their first experience walking into this outside source, they don't know anybody, it's all rushed, um, you know, and these people haven't seen any live, live, live fire action. So going into that scenario without any previous exposure, they're going to be behind the eight ball where if they can come, come down. I mean, we're not here to, to give any sort of certs. We're just exposure, getting that, uh, yeah. that, um, you know, de, de-stress yeah. out of it. So you walk in, you know what to expect. In that sort of a scenario, obviously you don't know what to expect in a live fire. Everything's so so dynamic, but um, getting that initial stress inoculation out of the way, it puts them in a much better spot to learn when they go to the actual live live fire where they can get a cert. Yeah, like I remember when uh, we first built the burn building. You know, we we built it and we're like, and you were there. <laughs> we're like. All right, how do we do this thing? Because <laughs> we had all been to burn buildings, but we're like, I mean, you know, I, a couple of us were fire instructors, but we're like, we never had our own burn building. Mm-hmm. Like, how does this thing, like, do we need to, like, heat, do we need to, <laughs> it's like a frying pan, you need a, like a cast iron frying pan, you need to cure it first? Like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Put a and the paint burns off the first round, the next thing the freaking place is burning, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I remember we, were, we weren't sure, like, we throw one pallet in, we're watching it. Okay, that wasn't enough. <laughs> okay, the next thing we're like got two or three pallets. We're like, okay, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then you know now we have it dialed in. I feel we can every time. Like we, at first we weren't getting rollovers, we weren't getting anything. Yeah. But with us now, like Todd and I and the, mm-hmm. and the other guys and like, basically every one of our instructors and every one of our people. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh yeah, it's like fire is like second nature to us now. You can preload, yeah. and you almost expect. Yeah. The same outcome for your mm-hmm. training scenario, right? Yeah, and it's you know, and and watching guys at live fire or like actual fire calls, it's like when like the fire is like fire is there, but it's not. We don't worry about it. Like we, mm-hmm. we fight it, we mm-hmm. respect it, but we we're not scared of it. We fight it like like we're firefighters. We're not. Yeah. You know, yeah, because you've you built that that inoculation, <laughs> like you say, yeah. and you understand the flow path and the fire behavior and. And mm-hmm. you trust your ability to read that smoke and feel that heat, and you know the difference of, okay, well, this is the comfortable working nature of how hot it is. When it's getting hot as fuck, now it's like, oh, hey, yeah. something's changed. Maybe we need to get out. So yeah. you need to, you need that base layer. You know, and now we've you know we started adding different like like, like wet hay and things like that to mm-hmm. make it even darker in there to really get that like yeah. that level of discomfort. Mm-hmm. You know, really hot, um, lots of humidity. You know, basically everything that you come into in the worst case structure fire, other yeah. than like a, a, a full uh, flashover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think back to the guy, that kid that was on the, or whoever that I say, call him a kid, but the guy that was on the Facebook. 
um, Jordan Peterson. He was on Jocko a while ago. Yeah, that's a great episode. They're talking about how to get people that are scared of things. And you hear about the him and the needle, the guy with the needle. Yeah. So there's this guy who's terrified of needle, like couldn't like a needle like a shot. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even look at a needle. Right. So he said, Yeah, he goes, So what I did, he goes, We talked about a needle. We looked at pictures of needles. Like, look, like is it okay if I look at a picture of a needle with you? The guy's like, uh, so they're looking at pictures. Next thing he's like, Okay, I'm gonna bring a needle in, put it on the bookshelf. It's like, it's over there. If you want to leave at any time, you can leave. So there's all this, like, basically just like the burn building. At any time you guys are getting uncomfortable, you can leave. There's no, like, we're not going to judge you if you have, if you back out right now. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, okay, so now, okay, now I'm going to let you look at them. Now I'm going to let you hold the needle if you want. And basically now, he says the guy can take needles, shots, no problem. He was like, this guy was so afraid of needles that he was getting dental surgery done without <laughs> anesthetic. Because oh, he, he right. can't even see a needle that's going in your mouth. And he's mm-hmm. so terrified of needles. So, and I don't know if this guy's able to do that. Sounds like, like you said, it's probably a live fire course or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, if there was a, one of our guys who was terrified of the burn building, I would suspect we would maybe spend a little extra time with him or go mm-hmm. a slower, maybe invite him to more. Um, you know, when we do the rookie training, yeah, and bring him, keep bringing him to it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, it's like, you can leave whenever you want. Mm-hmm. This is a safe <clears> fire, <throat> you know, it's a fire, it's, it's still dangerous, but it's safe in that it's in a confined box. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all the control. Nothing's going to collapse in us. Um, we have a hose line with us, and there's multiple a- exit routes. There's, there's instructors. There's two or three instructors kicking around. Yeah. Um, per, the, yeah. And I think thinking back to like maybe it's uh, exposure time to just wearing the SCBA as well. Because mm-hmm. you, sure. you think back to when we all first started. You know, you wear the SCBA. You wear it for other events. And then when you that first time when you're going into that burn building. Now you're already in your outside of your comfort zone and you're just sucking air, right? You're yeah. really breathing because it's everything's hot, the face mask is hot, like you know. So maybe he just needs more time in that to work and trust the gear, trust the pack, trust his breathing, mm-hmm. and then get into the heat and yeah. you know, just dive into it slowly. But well, I notice sometimes that my mind wanders while I'm in there, like my mind will start thinking about. I think saving me right now is this thing. <laughs> and then it starts going like, oh, this isn't comfortable. I don't like this. And you're like, well, <laughs> pull it together. Because <laughs> yeah. we're inside a fire. Like, let's pull it together. Let's concentrate on what we're doing. Like, I, I still get that sometimes. I start thinking about it. the only thing that's protecting me right now is this is this piece of rubber and plastic. Yeah, yeah. rubber and plastic. I mean, the same thing was when I scuba dive. Like, I scuba dive. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just going to You're 100 feet down. You're like, if I have a problem right now. <laughs> Like I can maybe get a last breath and hold and uh, and not, I don't want to say hold it because you're not supposed to hold it, but I can hold it long enough to to maybe start kicking to the surface mm-hmm. and then and then breathe out as I go so my lungs yeah, don't explode. But, exhale, yeah. But it's like you know it's, you're if you start getting in your head space you're like Ooh. yeah <laughs> and you know your mask gets ripped off or something when you're underwater it's like mm-hmm. whoa and then you really panic and yeah yeah it's I remember the first time I scuba dived in like seven years mm-hmm. I was back in the salt water. And they asked, you know, how much diving experience you had. I said, well, a long time ago, I did this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, great. So they paired me up with this other, like, seasoned guy from Germany who spoke no English. I'm like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> you don't need to speak yeah. English when you're underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Down I went. Got on the end. I got the salt water in my mouth. Right away, I was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> to, like, to gag. I was like, this is really uncomfortable. I'm just sucking through air. And I had to sit there. I'd go down to my knees and just... 
start focusing on my breathing, closed my eyes for a minute, mm-hmm. yeah. got my shit together, and then I was good to go. And yeah. I think we're chasing stingrays and stuff. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know in like diving, like, you know, they, the instructor will come over your head every once in a while and rip your mask off. Yeah. Or like mess you up. Like, and I was in a couple, I was in a rescue diving course where they, they basically, like, they get sealed you. They come yeah. over you and they, they grab your tank and they drive you to the ground, they spin you over, they, they pull your regulator out of your mouth like you're getting washed. And mm-hmm. like, um, like you're in the, um, ocean mm-hmm. um and you're like so, ah, you're yeah. trying to not panic and i don't really like water that much <laughs> i like start my my mess out and yeah so they do that stuff to you and like i think i was telling you guys they wrap you in a net actually the net and kick you yeah, overboard yeah. over a zodiac and you sink down mm-hmm. like 50 feet and you're like well you got your mat you got everything on but you're like and they sent a safety diver down to watch you my rescue diver didn't do an ad to me who the fuck was yours <laughs> oh man no this is like some uh, <laughs> typical skull like, I know right this is some crazy eastern European guy came out. he's like he's, he's this is this rescue diver international or something oh yeah we were in the, we were in the coast but we were yeah. I was yeah yeah just tied up in a fishing net <laughs> we had to like get shears and cut ourselves out <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I mean it was like like stress inoculation mm-hmm. but the difference was he doesn't he wasn't it was, wasn't slow he was like the fire hose in the face, like, you know, I, I wasn't ready to get tied up in a, <laughs> in a net and kicked overboard. <laughs> I was like, we probably could have done this a little slower. <laughs> like, you got it maybe a five-foot pool, <laughs> not in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Actually, I think the net, we were in a lake, but it was still, like, you know, 50 foot deep. And you hit, you're, like, you're sinking because you can't stop yourself. So you mm-hmm. hit bottom. Now you're like, again, I'm going to cut myself out. Right. Um, so, I mean, so I always remember that course because it was, it was very like sink or swim, <laughs> but it was very much not layered inoculation. It was, yeah. it was, here's all the stress at once, right. deal with it or friggin' don't. So I think what we're saying is you really need, and again, as, as we do as a training team, mm-hmm. you need to preload everything. You need yeah. to have the conversation. It's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. It's a slow thing, right? Like get them in. Again, you said about the going through, we get, we have the process of going through the gear. This is what it's doing. This is a protection it's giving you. Take your glove off. Feel how hot your helmet is right now. Feel how hot your gear is right now. That's yeah. the level of heat that is out there that it is protecting you from. And again, just not only inoculation, but instilling confidence in actual importance of putting your gear on right. properly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see there's those few people that didn't do the buddy check or they didn't put their balaclava on properly. Mm. Starting to itch their neck when it starts getting roasty in well, there. And one thing I started doing, I didn't tell you, uh, I started hitting the ceiling a little bit with a with a Steam. fog, just oh, yeah. so it hits the ceiling and it drips on everybody. Yeah. Just because I want to see who has their belly clav on. Who's got right? their shit And in. even if you had your belly clav on, you're you're gonna get a little bit of a you're not gonna get hurt, but you're gonna get a little bit of a burn. Like mm-hmm. not like it's more like it feels like a that's sunburn. Just, it's hot. Water. Yeah, it's like yeah. a scald, like a little bit of a scald. So mm-hmm. I you know I do just that scalding people in the burn. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I do that because I'm like okay. It's going to be a little painful, but it's going to teach you. Because when you're in the burnt, when you're in a lot, an actual fire, and you feel that, you don't panic. You'd be like, oh, my God, my gear's, cl- my gear's disintegrating around me. Mm-hmm. No, you got to, like, some, some hot water hit you in the neck. Like, yeah. you felt this before. You're going to feel it right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel it in a, in a, in a real fire. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and I think, again, we're getting the same message from everyone, right? It's the conversation of... We, as long as you preload your guys, you layer it. You go slow. You teach them the, their own independence of what the gear does. Teach them about what the fire is doing. Give them the knowledge and then let them make the other decisions for themselves. Here's your out. Here's the line, center of the room. Anytime you want to go, 
you go. And I, I know for me, like we've got two lots of uh, BA, one of the older packs. I've been in situations in training with one of the older packs with smoke in the building. And I've been like, man, I feel claustrophobic. This mask is like, I wouldn't get enough air through it, whatever. Like the regulator wasn't seated properly. I don't know what it was, but I started to have a bit of a panic. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in here. It's smoky. It's a training environment. I know I'm fine, but my brain is going, shit. Sometimes you have to work through that and it's mm-hmm. all mental. Oh, yeah. Right? So I think maybe that's, uh, you know, so what's what's some personal tips and tricks that we all use? You know, so say this this guy did get all of that, that layer training. So say everything went perfect for him and he's still having some issues, right? Like what are some of those tricks? Todd already spoke to one. You know, when shit starts to, you know, hit the fan, close your eyes. Breathe. Just slow it down. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're in a training environment or a real live fire. Take a second. Just close it. You know, Detach. Yeah. Yep. If if your eyes are closed or open, well, you can't really see shit anyway. Yeah. So if, if your eyes are open and you can't see shit, you're that's nagging. getting right back in your head like, I'm fucked. I can't see anything. Close close your eyes and just listen. You're like, okay, it's actually not that loud in here. Mm-hmm. All right, I can hear my buddy over here working. I can hear crackling from I, that way. I can hear crackling, <laughs> exactly. So that's one way to slow it down, quiet it down, and really get some of your bearings back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, eyes closed, breathing, I think is really, really good. Yeah, I think, you know, movies wreck it, firefighting for yeah. a lot of people because you... <laughs> fires, fire doesn't sound like that. No. Fire's super quiet, you're crackling, you know, some stuff falling, smack, like you hear the odd glass shatter, yeah. like, you know, stuff breaking... Things are falling over, but it, uh, I can remember. Recognizable noises. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not like a jet engine, unless there's a gas line going If there's a gas line. But it's like, yeah. where is it going to be? It's not like a jet engine in there. It's, it's going to be fairly quiet, and you're going to hear, you're going to hear your breathing. Yeah. You're going to hear your body breathing, and then you're going to hear, like I said, probably crackling and stuff breaking. Yeah. Like it's not, <clears throat> not usually too crazy in there. And that's why it's important, too, like when we teach uh, people when they're doing their searches, you know, when you're calling out, mm-hmm. you know, now that's why it, there's two things. One, obviously you need to stop. Stop uh, communicating and stop breathing through your regulator because all you're hearing is that, right? But mm-hmm. you've got to stop and listen for a response. Yeah. Listen to what's going on around you, what that fire is doing. Listen to those the cracks and moans and groans of the building. And uh, at that same moment, when I do it, you know, especially if you've been working hard and you're breathing heavier at that moment, and that's my time to pause, Slow listen. Down. Then I'll do a slow exhale. And then I get my breathing back in check and now you're good to go again. Mm-hmm. Which I think one thing, uh, and I, I think I'm feeling a little bit on when, I, when we get our guys in the burn building, and I, I, I try to do it, but like I tell them when they go to do their, like when we start getting into the attack phase, like when, you know, now they've done this initial thing, and, but now we get into the attack. Um, I usually try to tell them, you know, when you first go in the room, don't just start hitting with water. Like, you know, in, real, in reality, you probably are going to, but I want you to get in there, observe the fire for a good 30, 40 seconds, like a good minute. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably not what we're going to actually do in a real fire. But it's it's again you're getting that inoculation, but in, maybe in, we should in start, the training yeah, environment. Yeah, in the training Perfect. environment. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking now more. I should almost get them to go in, take a, We should almost do the 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 cold start again to the season guys, but get them to close their eyes, get them to look, and maybe have someone go help and like get them to yeah. listen and do that sort of thing. So where where is um, that coming from? Because right? it's not just all rock and roll. Like it's not just all like we're busting in there, we're breaching a door, we're going in, we're venting, we're hitting this, we're doing that. Um, there's gonna be a search for five babies and a, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's important to do. But I think it's also important to have just simple sitting there, 
and observe the fire. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I learn from to teach is from teaching. Like I sit there yeah. and I watch the fire yeah. as I'm waiting for the, the next crew to come in. Yeah. Because if you're the guy waiting for the crew to come in to watch them, like you're sitting in the burn building by yourself or with another partner and you're just sitting there and nothing else to do but watch a fire burn. <laughs> They're like, oh, you, oh, that's cool. Like you can see the, you know, the, oh, yeah. the fire's oh, rolling over my head. Oh, look what happened. Oh, look what happens when it hits that. It's going to go, oh, look, it's cutting out the window because mm-hmm. it's going for the open air. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You learn lots of stuff just by mm-hmm. sitting there. So. And I think in training, when you over, like, over-exaggerate times, Right, so when you breach that second door and you're going into the seat of the fire, if you say, "Okay, we're going to wait 40 seconds," mm. you know, go in there, watch it, right? Because again, you don't want to be banging through that door and just hitting it hard immediately, right? Like yeah. even in a live event, you should be hitting hard from the yard is what you should be doing. You should be hitting hard. <laughs> can't can't get burned from the outside. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know observing for a few seconds even in a live structure fire just to see what you know what's happening is key so if we over exaggerate that that time mm. in training because um, everything in real time is sped up and you mm. want to work fast and hard so if you're telling them to wait 40 seconds they're waiting four <laughs> mm. right it's just like when you go to bre- breach a door we're always like, all right now wait count how, how long before you make, make entrance? And in training, it's, I mean, we're trying to drag, drag that out. I'm hoping in live events, they're going to be waiting as well. But I know speaking for you know, myself and from everything I've seen, you want to be working hard. So the more you stretch that out in real time, you're going to get a little bit of that as a, just, just sort of that, that whole muscle memory. Yeah, it's the, <clears throat> again, that building the confidence slowly, because by the same, and again, this is all assumption of, of where it was, but it sounds like twice now he's been put in a situation, he said he didn't know where he was at all, it was completely blank, he couldn't really hear a lot, I don't know if there was a safety nozzle, I would assume there should have been, or at least was, maybe, I don't know how they ran it, but maybe it's just a case of, hey, you're not it's not that you're not cut out for this. It's the mm-hmm. fact that the trainer maybe wasn't doing all the things they should have done. Maybe they didn't have a pre-conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't walk the burn building beforehand. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a whole bunch of things that didn't give you the confidence to know. Because let's face it, the first, unless you are literally kind of, you know, in this for a while, as you when you first get in that burn building, if you haven't had some sort of whatever, to tune you into being able to sit there, it can be quite stressful. I know that there were people that I sat next to in that burn building, which definitely didn't look as comfortable as I did. And that's not a brag. I just, I felt fine. I knew what the situation was. We'd had the conversation. I was confident in the gear. Let's face it, people have been doing this for a long enough time and gone in actual live burn buildings, you know. But for some people, when they're sat there and they're facing that, that's the dragon that they never thought they'd ever see, right? And even though it's basically an, a bonfire on the inside of a yeah. can. Yeah, when you look at it, it's funny when you open the back doors of the burn building and then you look at it, you're like, that was all that was in there? There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But when you're on the other side, <laughs> you're like, oh my God, it's yeah. going to roll over my head. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's so hot. <laughs> and you're outside as an instructor filling the burn building, you're like, 
Yeah, one pallet. <laughs> <laughs> no other combustibles Stoking anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Stoking the fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that whole thing, again, to that new mind, and we got to realize that as well, and mm. especially with new recruits, if you put them into these situations and you put them through and you stress them right out straight away too much and you haven't prepared them for it, they're gone. They're not coming back. They're going to think you're cowboys. That message gets passed out to their buddies. Man, they stuck me in this yeah. building full of fire. I had no idea where I was. They ain't signing up, they. You, know they should you do? lose that. They should kill the partner. <laughs> <laughs> and then see how it goes. Because that was my that first, was your first yeah. yeah, your first day of the program. <laughs> what did you do? Well, uh, it was, this was before this we did going proper back rookie training. This right. is, uh, so we, you know... We bring Ash in. And I think you had a little bit pre-trained, but then first day in the burn building is a writ scenario. Practice, <laughs> practice number two. Yeah, like it didn't. I, it wasn't. It wasn't. We didn't have the step by step like we had. So you know, it was just you're getting thrown in with the rest of us. So mm-hmm. that was like first practice. And what I used to do was like we'd have a practice, but after after the first practice, I would take every new guy aside and show him how the SCBA works and all that stuff. Now we have a full like. It's way better. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's a full breakdown. So, that, like I said, there's five, you know, there's four or five days before you hit the burn building. Um, but this was like yeah, day two, and it wasn't just a cold start. It was uh, it was a full burn building, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that was a writ scenario. Oh, who's uh, who's his partner? Oh, it's Ash, the brand new guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, pull the biggest guy out. It was the biggest guy, right? We always make the biggest guy be the, the writ guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's... He, you know, and you did fine. Mm-hmm. You didn't quite know the mayday, but you, you, you called for help. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was yeah. like, this nope. guy drops, <laughs> and it's like, uh, all right, what do you do? I'm like, uh, I, I, I need help. <laughs> He's like, okay, what do you do? Do you call for help? I'm like, I would do that. Do you have a radio? I do not. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> then I think but then, yeah. Yeah. this is that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you throw people in, and this is what we used to do. We throw them straight into yeah. the mix, because that's what everyone did. It was mm-hmm. just the reality of the situation. That's obviously changed for us, but there's still a lot of departments that still mm-hmm. do that. And that terror yeah. sticks with you. You can create something that you'll never forget in those situations. That, oh, no, that moment, levels up, yeah. right? you know, that moment, I know every person that was in that room still. <laughs> like, And I can't tell you who was on the practice yeah. last week with us. Yeah, <laughs> but the, yeah I mean, the, the, the good thing about that is, is you get that, you know, you, you made it through. Yes. But we mm-hmm. could also scar them. Yeah, we, you know, you we had, had somebody like this, John, yeah. right? Like, yeah. who... Like you had post-traumatic growth from that. Because that's traumatic. <laughs> that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> Whereas you could have had post-traumatic stress. Stress, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I miss my payday. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have given you a post-traumatic stress incident. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, you're going to be like, I'm done. I'm not, this is, I'm not cut up for this. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But thankfully you didn't. Mm-hmm. And thankfully we changed the way we do things. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is like, oh, yeah, I did it. This is the way I did it. This is the way you're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no. There's new, there's We've always better, done it this way. There's better and ways. Be better ways. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's, I think there's better ways, and mm-hmm. I think we're doing better ways right now. Yeah. Maybe in five years will be even a better way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that old school mentality I know still exists in a lot of places, and it will for a long yeah. time yeah. more, I'm sure. Yeah. And the reality is you can't do that to people no. and expect them to still have the confidence to do other things. It, it, it puts something in them. And again, yes, you could turn around and say, you know what? It was a learning experience. I know there's been things I've been through, but we've had the same discussion about jiu-jitsu. Yeah. There's schools you go in, and on day one, you're rolling with a purple belt, you're a white belt, you have no idea what you're doing, and instantly you're deterred, you're getting rolled and beaten on by some guy who yeah. knows what he's doing. Shark it's, Yeah, <laughs> it's demoralizing, and you have no idea what you're doing. Yet, yeah, when you go to do decent schools, yeah. and they do it differently, they teach you everything you need to know to be a white belt safely with other white belts, 
doing the thing that you need to do. It's the same process. It's the same look. Everyone learns the basics. You get in slowly. You mm. tear up gradually. And when you're at that point where you're just about to hit your blue belt, that's when you get mixed into the group. And that's where you're then having those conversations with the other guys, getting put into real life training. And that point, you choose how much involvement you want to okay. get and how deep you want to go. And everyone's going to watch you and be safe because you're wearing those black hats. Everyone's got their eye on you. But then that comes down to you and your confidence levels of where you want to push yourself. Mm-hmm. But again, as we're saying, it's that having that conversation beforehand, talking about the importance of what you're wearing, how you use it, and that knowledge, even there, just that base level of understanding mm-hmm. is huge when you're sat there watching the flames go rolling over your head. Um, I think one of the other ones as well, Scott, was uh, the breathing technique that you had talked about a couple of times. And I just wanted to add that in. So, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean... There's combat breathing. I'm not sure if that's what you'd want to do in a burn moment. There's four deep in- inhalations and maybe on the four seconds in, kind of preparing yourself if you're a little bit worked up. And then four seconds out, like so you you do that over and over again. Um, yeah, that, that, that's more of like a s- sitting on the way to the call. Um, yeah, on the way to the call after the incident's over, that sort of thing, because um, it prepares your mind for the for the fight ahead. When you're in there, I think you just have to be cognizant of. Of your breathing, everybody's gonna breathe different, yeah. And you know, and it shouldn't be a competition because, like, I breathe, you know, I've been like scuba diving since I was like 12, 13, um, firefighting around for like 13 years. I still suck air like crazy, right? <laughs> like, you think I would be good by now, but no, like, I still like, I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, it's like my bell starts ringing before everybody else. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> It's not me panicking. It's just that's the way I breathe. I breathe it is, yeah. deep. <laughs> um, so but deep can also be calm, deep right? Can like be calm, yeah. you know, there's the mis the uh, misconception that um, if you're blown through air, it's because you're. <sighs> no. no, I'm very very similar. I suck air like crazy, but it's not the panic of the. <sighs> it's yeah. just a lot of. You know, it's yeah. constant, but it's deep, right? So. Well, the other thing is, like, <laughs> depends on what you're doing. Like, how hard you're working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How hot it is outside. How hot it is inside. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's times when I'm, you know, even just coming off the truck, as I know I'm about to approach. Because we, 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 hit, we hit the ground um, with our SCBA on, our mask on. We're not on air yet until we start getting closer to the building. But sometimes you're like, okay, you're pulling a hose. You're like, and as you get closer, you're, you know, you've, you've really worked yourself up because you're pulling the hose, you're grabbing tools, you're, okay, let's breach the door, game, um, air on, breaching the door, bang, 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 you know, or you're working on a door for, you know, depends on how, how depends on the door. Far far it is. Yeah. Depends on how barricaded it is. Depends on how made it. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, in like real life, like, no, you know, right, that, yeah. you know that, that one door that. Could be a uh, two-way for nailed to the backside of the door. Yeah, that one door that you and <laughs> I, and, and that I had to breach with Warren, and it was like, and then we realized how it took us a good four or five minutes to get through. Mm. And then, you know, remember that one? Remember yeah, that one? Steel bar. That pizza yeah. shop that was on fire? We, yeah. we, Todd and I worked on that thing for 10 <laughs> minutes and we finally gave up on it. We come through, there's a steel bar, a giant, like, 300 pound planter behind the door. We're like, well, that's what we can get through. <laughs> but we were doing everything. We, we uh, like, the, the door was actually coming out of the front, like, the whole jam and everything was falling out by the time we were done. And that, of course, we're tired. Now we're exhausted. And yeah. now we're breathing really heavy because mm-hmm. we have to have air on because, you know, smoke's coming through the... Yeah, we're breaching. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, breathing's important, but at the same time, you're, you, it's hard to control because you're... There's only so much that you I think that's, that's why it really pays, again, back to having a training center you can continually go and practice with. Yep. 
because you learn all these little techniques. Like, for example, like if you're pushing up into a landing, you know, and you just drug all that hose and you're now you're puffing harder. Now you're at that landing. Now maybe your partner's just you know, spooling that hose, making a little bit more room for the next advancement. That's your time to pause, control your breathing before you start pushing down that hall, right? So mm-hmm. you got to find those moments in that fire, just pause and control your breathing again. And if you notice yourself, again, this comes back to, I mean, not a lot of guys are going to give it up, but if you notice you're breathing heavy and you're about to make the push and you're, you know you're sucking air, you know you're getting tired, hand it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what the team is for. Mm-hmm. You can drop back to, I wouldn't drop back to the, to the backup person because the backup person is probably going to be sucking harder There's air. air but you can yeah. go back, drop back to the door control. Mm-hmm. You can drop back to outside. Someone else can push in. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you can do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I think thinking back to his comments there online, I think it'd be important to kind of self-reflect a little bit to figure out what you're not totally comfortable with and then approach whoever training officer you're with to go back in. Absolutely. Whether it's more bottle time, more SCV time, maybe it's just, maybe you're comfortable in that, but just the heat threw you off, yeah. you know, like, and walk it through before you go in. Like, walk it through mm-hmm. in your head, talk it out with your partner before you go in. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to be feeling. We're going to advance in. Now we're going to sit down and stop and talk. Sure. You know, back yeah. to the cold start, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to get comfortable with it. So slow things down, take a step back. I mean, if they're doing live fire training and you're, it's not your time to do it, and maybe you have a free time, go to the live fire training. See if they'll let you sit in as a, not as a tech, but see if you can be the second. Like whenever we do live fire with uh, other departments, like we invite other departments up to train, we always throw it out there to the, to the whole department. We get, you know, two or three guys show up, and yeah, they hop in there. Take a mm-hmm. seat in with the instructor, with any other instructors. Um, and you hang out, you can load pallets. You can see how hot it is when you load a pallet. Like you can see, like, now you're yeah. getting, approaching the fire. You got no hope while the hose is there, but you don't, you're not putting the fire out because the whole point of it mm-hmm. is to light the fire. So you're working, you're getting super hot. You're feeling yeah. all that heat. And then you can hang out. And I got, I got a video of, uh, like, I put my GoPro on a, like, low down on the, <laughs> aiming at the crew. And I have, there's a video of two of our guys, like, laying kind of on their sides because you can't lay on your back. Like, they're looking at, like, they're stargazing. <laughs> just laying there waiting, waiting for the, the team to make the attack, but they're just watching the fire. <laughs> and all of that is Perfect. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just chilling out. Yeah. Get comfortable. But I think that's the thing, right? It's that finding your comfort. And we talk about it a lot of, you know, you need to find, find the calm and the chaos. Like, you need to be in those situations to know, you know what? This right now isn't inadvertently dangerous. Mm-hmm. Especially in a in a training situation, yeah. When you're in a live situation and it's a live fire training situation, I'm sure if you're going in at that point, you've probably got enough confidence anyway to be on that nozzle. And if you're not, you shouldn't be. And that's the reality of the business, regardless. Mm-hmm. If you're not confident doing something, don't do it. But make it clear to everybody that you don't want to do it because somebody else needs to take that position yeah. quickly. But I also I wouldn't give up right away. Like you said, the two times like feeling that he doesn't have it in him, like. No, you, you need, I mean, maybe you'll come to a self-conclusion that, you know what, not for me. But I would seriously look back at it, try and break it down, try it again a few more mm-hmm. times. I said, get, build that inoculation slowly. Maybe you're just the type of person that needs a little bit slower and try it from there. Yeah, and it's the same with everyone, right? Like, again, Scott, you're not a huge fan of war. Nope. Absolutely was, not. However, what is what is the one <laughs> thing you need to do to get yourself through? <laughs> to inoculate yourself, you yeah. need to put yourself... Same with any fear. Yeah. You have to do yeah. it to learn, okay, I don't like this. I still don't like this. Uh, 
I don't like it as much as I didn't used to. Like I'm, I'm a bit yeah. more comfortable with it. Yeah. You know, like you need to put yourself through that. And in this situation, if you want to be a firefighter, you need to put yourself through that and you need to continue to because you are going to be uncomfortable in everything you do. Yeah. There's going to be situations, high pressure, high heat, stress, everyone's screaming. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you are needing to deal with mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get yourself right, you're going to have problems later on down the road or at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, back, sorry, back to the water thing for a minute. Like mm-hmm. we did, we'd done a couple extra water, both water practices. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I went, I, you know, I'm like, eh. and one of the ones we did last time, um, we actually, because we were right at the bridge, right in the middle of town, we uh, we put a 200 foot line out. We tethered ourselves to the back of the line on our, you know, on our pull away cord, not our, not tied it around our waist, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like on the pull away. And uh, literally, we just floated down until the tether caught, boom, and you know, you're sitting there in the middle of the water. That is the most uncomfortable thing in the world because you're getting pulled on, mm-hmm. your your chest is getting compressed, mm-hmm. the water's going over your head like a like a uh, like a wave because it's like you know you're you're basically hung up in the river, which is like that's like the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. You're hung up, but now you're like yeah, I'm just sitting this. And so the whole thing is you're sitting in this column of water, but this column of air is around you and you can breathe, and you're sitting there, and then you start doing your ferry angles, and you kind of like you're flying through the river, mm-hmm. and that was probably one of the best things I've done in a while because you know. I still don't like the river, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident in the river now, but I'm like, you know, doing, just doing that kind of stuff. Again, it's all about stress inoculation. Yeah. Makes you, makes you a lot more comfortable. I remember when we had to, when they had to cut the rope off your leg or? Well, that too, but I know when they had to push push, push us under and then self back and take your jacket off. That for me, that was the worst. Yeah. And I remember Adam, he he was awesome. Like he literally stuck his face right in the water and watched me make sure I didn't panic. And I did it a couple of times, and once I got it, I said, hey, let's do it again. Yeah. I said, okay. I mean, he went and did it again. Yeah. But I think he had way too much pleasure putting your, his foot on your chest and <laughs> pushing you down. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <it> was... <laughs> yeah. But that is, that's the reality. It, it's, there are obviously tactics and things you will learn, and the tactics will make you feel more comfortable about attacking the fire or whatever you need to do to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But to have that core strength in your mind of how to deal with fire on the initial, that's what you need to be building. Because everything else can be taught. That can also be taught, but it may take longer for certain people. If you've got the right mindset to be a firefighter and you want to be part of something, you can be. You can be. One thing it sounds like with that guy, he's saying like he doesn't, the heat, the lack of visibility, he rattled off a whole bunch of things. Well, you could, like the instructors could make hot fire without any like because we can do hot fires without any um like we have smoke but it's mm-hmm. not much like when we get a hot fire going like like nice clean pallets burning yeah there's no smoke in there so you can see the fire the whole time yeah. but we can also make it smoky and not hot mm-hmm. we can also make it smoky hot and like the worst day of your life yeah. but i think again building the stress like the first day like i'm talking about we don't have that fire that we're in there with it's is pretty not clean smoke. it's pretty clean yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty clean. clean smire and i always remind the guys i'm like this is a training fire. We're only burning. We're burning very clean pallets. There's no hay or anything in there. Yeah. Yeah. Very clean fire. Like we picked the best wood. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know, don't think this is what a real fire is, but this is like your first layer of fire. It's yeah. a campfire so, in a box. Yeah. yeah. So they, Absolutely. you know, yeah. I, I think whoever the instructors are should think of that too. Like, you shouldn't be making it the worst fire ever. It's a training fire, and it should be treated that way. It, sh- it should be, you know, you can layer it however you want. Um, yeah, you shouldn't be roasting guys. 
right off the bat. And, you know, we've spoken at length tonight about how, you know, there's, there's ways that this guy and everybody else can work their way up. There's, there's many, many options. Another thing to think about, like, we're called firefighters, but I don't care what department you're on. An actual live building fire is pr- not rare. It's rare. It's fairly rare. It's fairly yeah, rare. It depends on where right? you are. It depends where you are. But I'm assuming they're probably going to be doing some form of rescue. Like not everybody does, you know, road rescue. But there might be some of that. There might be some medical. So there might be something else that this guy can excel at and then slowly build. I'm wondering skills. if he has to pass something to do this. Yeah. That might be it as well, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah. so if you can look at the big picture of things that you can bring to the table, and then like Scott, keep putting yourself into this sort of a, a scenario, you know, you, you might not excel, but you might, you know, finally get the confidence to get through that. Mm-hmm. And the next time you just keep keep working at it. It might not be a one-month thing. It might be a six-month thing, a, two, a two-year thing. But as long as you're still working on that, and then once you pass and you can get through it, there's many other aspects to the fire service that you might be able to excel at. So, you know, I would never recommend pulling the pin early. No. Because there's so much to it that, uh, you know, if you have the ability to sort of get that slow learn and, you know, there's just a lot to it, so. Well, yeah. I mean, like how many times in any of our, I mean, you've been in for forever, Todd, but like how many how many fires, like, have you actually went into as an as an attack? Like, I can probably think of maybe in my whole twelve years, maybe seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Like when when I'm when it's like not, not I'm not talking overhaul or that stuff. I'm talking yeah, like and we're, making a, still on fire. we're push, making a difference here, pushing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know? That's the thing. Not a lot. Yeah, right? I mean. Yeah. It's five or less, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Many, many times, like I said, you're doing other transitionals or there's there's other aspects of the fire that's mm-hmm. going on. You're not the, truly making that push in through yeah. the door and, mm-hmm. and doing that search and trying to find that seat of the fire and knocking it. Like you're you're definitely doing other things. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And again, it's that just put yourself through it. You'll learn it eventually. Yes. It's stressful in there. You know what mm-hmm. else is stressful? everything that you're doing you need to find comfort in it you have to because if you don't you're going to lose it and you won't be able to stick around so if you want to do it the big thing is you just keep pushing forward life comfortable being uncomfortable absolutely Mm -hmm. and live fire is one of those things that it's scary it's scary initially for a lot of people it can be quite scary you just need to find that peace and find a way of dealing with it as you move forward if you want to be a firefighter yeah. You need to you need to find the being comfortable with that. You mm-hmm. have to. Yeah, the first step is one hundred percent trusting your PPE, like trusting that that heat, like finding that level of holy shit, this is hot, but I'm okay. I'm okay, right? I'm hot, I'm okay. Next step, yeah, it's dark as fuck. Well, guess what? I can feel the wall. I can feel the hose. Right? Mm-hmm. I know my way out. I've got somebody right beside me. Yeah. Right? I got my partner. So there's there's that steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oop. Yep. Any more for any more bush? Nope. It was all right. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Well, Don't give up. Yeah, there you go. Don't give up. Give it a go again. Absolutely. 
Uh, you find that guy in the in Tony Listen's pockets. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll tag him in it. Yeah, nice. I'll find a post to see if I can find it. Uh, Ash Barbos. Yeah, Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. Uh, our East Coast buddies. <laughs> uh, by now, I'm hoping they have their uh, their most recent episode out. Uh, we're recording this a little bit ahead of schedule to release for next Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, really good group group of guys. Uh, we we've been uh, um, sort of buddies with with them for over a year now. Uh, they're doing a very similar deal to what we do here um, with the East Coast American Swing. So uh, check them out. Uh, they're on all the major streaming platforms: your Facebooks, your Instagrams, your TikToks, your link, LinkedIn's, LinkedIn's, whatever. They're everywhere. So check them out. Doug, Doug Lee, StopLead.org. Uh, go online, uh, check it out, see if there's any courses or instructors in your area. Um, and yeah, it's uh, very important to carry your tourniquet on your person. Learn about wound packing. That rattling was yeah. Scott shaking it. Scott with the soft tea there, you mm. betcha. His everyday carry. Mm. Um, and just direct pressure. Um, go online, check us out. We've got the course on there and also some other video content uh, to show for instructors if you're, or if you're interested in being an instructor in your department, how to spice it up a little bit, make it high fidelity. Um, just kind of know your know your audience. Make sure, make sure you get an instructor who knows their stuff as well. Um, like there is a little bit of a PowerPoint to it, but the, the trick is with that program is making it fun, making it interactive. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it is quite quite basic skills, but uh, you want these high fidelity sims. So mm-hmm. check out our YouTube stuff for that. Yeah, you can get the importance of inoculation. Scott, Modus, Modus, Snagger Tool. What they're world famous for? Is it world famous? Are they world famous? It's pretty much their Superman mm-hmm. ass. Yeah, it is. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people having them and using them. Yeah, posting videos of them. So Snagger Tool is their the number one number one product. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have the shove knife that goes into an Ulfa blade. They have the hydrant wrench. Mm-hmm. It needs a cool name, but it's a hydrant wrench. <laughs> um, and they have the door wedges. They got a bunch of stuff. Um, new truck kits. Cool truck kit, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just Modus. Check them out. Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, DTFF5 for a 5% discount. Yeah. Uh, Ash Ignition. Ignition USA, um, the CRAT, the Seattle Rapid Access Tool. Um, check them out for uh, soft entry. So, you know, we always speak on uh, if you're going to a medical call, you're going to a direct alarm, you want to be able to leave that premises where it can be securable once once you leave. Uh, we had the pleasure to have Jason give us a demo while we were down in Seattle. Uh, you can catch that on our YouTube page. Uh, you can check out his Facebook at ignitionusa.us. Um, also on Facebook, on Instagram, and such. If you like what you see there, um, it is uh, DTFF2020 for 20% off. Boom. And in Scott Funding China. Tanner Olsen Band, uh, country music from the west coast of Canada. You can check them out on Spotify, yeah. on... Um, where else? Spotify, YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah. Facebook too. Apple music. Facebook, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tanner Olsen Band. Hopefully yeah. soon enough they'll be doing some live music. Like yeah. true live music. Yeah. Gentlemen, any more for any more? No. Nope. It's a really fun no. episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Let's go. Good night. Mm. Thank you. Good night. Gosh.
Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe. See you later.